Hello and welcome to the Traumanomics Podcast, a place where we discuss a wide range of topics emphasizing healing, change, and growth for abuse survivors. Drawing from personal and professional experiences, we'll discuss issues openly for those in helping positions, such as parents, educators, health and mental health professionals, and members of law enforcement. This is Dr. Chris Bertelson. Chris is a survivor, educator, and author. As a teenager, Chris was a target of a notorious child molester in his hometown, a man who went on to abduct and murder one of the victims. This abduction case went unsolved for 27 years. Chris was instrumental in helping bring attention to the cases, which were eventually solved in 2016. And this is Jordan Howard. Jordan is a therapist here in Arkansas with extensive experience working with abuse victims and males in particular. In addition, Jordan works with couples and people with addictions. Together, we hope to share stories and commentary of resilience and healing in a caring and lighthearted way, bringing attention to issues of abuse, addiction, and the effects on individuals and society. Hey everybody, welcome to the Traumanomics Podcast, the place where men talk about stuff men don't talk about. Jordan and I are going to talk about ambiguity today and it's sort of related to those last couple of episodes in that uh, a lot of times folks get kind of knotted up with fear and anxiety over just not knowing what's going to happen and not having faith or trust that things are going to work out. And I was thinking of a Jordan in, in the context of trying to get a child into therapy when you're ex-spouse or something doesn't want that that person doesn't want you to do so and just not knowing how things are going to turn out for your kid you can imagine that the anxiety that that could create and we're not going to limit it to those sorts of situations we're just talking generally we have a really high anxiety society and i mean jordan i that's there, there are data to back that up. I yeah. don't have, I don't have it in front of me, um, because you know sometimes I just say stuff that I've read, but I don't have the source. <laughs> but I read, I, I read it. I know I read it. I know it's mechanics. So. <laughs> I do know it's true that we have, you know, we have a lot of anxiety. We're a high stress, high anxiety society, and so we thought we'd dive into some ambiguity how do you deal with that what's it like uh you know maybe some coping mechanisms to work through some of that jordan anything you want to add there or should we just get rolling yeah i think i think we i mean yeah i mean i I think the things i would add kind of speak to what you just said man i mean you did a good job of breaking it down we just we live in a high anxiety culture and and honestly i speak for myself here you know too I, i i don't do real well with the unknown you know, the, the, uh, the stuff that's very ambiguous and not clear, you know, it can be a very, uh, I feel like the, you know, and, and maybe this is a thing is just the older I get too. it's like, I appreciate more when somebody can tell me, uh, directly kind of what's happening type thing, like instead of sort of this, this dance of avoidance that goes on. Um, but you know, that to me it is, I mean, we, our society, like you said, man, we've got. We've got some stuff so that would back up the, the point that we live in a very anxious culture. There's no doubt about that. And I think part of that is we just don't do well with the unknown. And some of that's fear, obviously, yep. you know, just um, 
you know, not knowing what's going to happen. I, you know, of course, my my example, the, the the biggest example is, you know, during the the attacks going on in my hometown. You know, when these guys are are being accosted at knife point, and you're mm-hmm. and you're just like so uncertain what's happening to this town. You know, here's a town of 2,400 people, and and being in that sense, in that situation of not knowing, uh, was just, you know, incredible, just terrible. Uh, I, I can't imagine Chris, for you guys growing up with, with what was going on with that Kate, you know, that the, all of what was happening there. I can't imagine just sort of that abject fear, you know, that, that you would just not knowing if you're going to be accosted, but, by, by right. you know, yeah. I mean, like, and, and you know, I'm not trying to I'm not trying to make it all about that or or sure. me, uh, of course. But I was thinking about it because of the long term effects of situations like that. And all situations are relative. You know, everybody's story matters. They're different, but they've all got they've all got their everybody's got their their journey. Uh, I just was thinking about ambiguity. For me, it got to the point where I couldn't sit in a restaurant in the open, I'd have to have my back to the door and stuff, you know, it's just to the wall. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it, it can manifest in really uh, lots of ways. Right. Well, and like you said, I mean, the, the, the effects like, you know, uh, yeah, I know for, for, for you and for, you know, people that have been through uh, traumas of that magnitude, you know, it can be a thing, the delayed effects, the, the link, the lingering effects uh, of how that can still play out. But, you know, and then like like we were talking about, you think about our our culture, which kind of breeds this uh, I don't know fear mongering type stuff. I mean, the news. Uh, I agree. These some of these things are very serious. On some level, it becomes hype. Yes. Uh, uh, and 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 not and maybe not even hype, but you're not even t- you're not telling us anything new. And no. it's you know you watch you mention the news. I get to the point. I just can't. I just can't. It's right. yep. because the same talking heads are telling us over and over and over and just inundating us with this information or worse, lack of information. I mean, I look at some of these. How can you talk that long and not say anything? Um, well, I always look at lack of helpful information. It's like you're giving us information, but it's not. Right. How, how is that helpful when it's redundant? Yeah. It's the same you know, I understand trying to get a message out, but I, I totally agree with my wife and I actually talk about all the time how neither one of us can do the news. Right. You know, we, we just haven't for years just because I, I just simply just the, the, the negativity and the fear can just eat at you. Well, and ambiguity, yeah, I, uh, you know, we have nothing, we have no new information to report. And then they go on to talk for 30 minutes you know, we talk about living in ambiguity, uh, you know, it's, and I get it, they've got to have something to talk about and so forth. But that is an anxiety for me, personally, that is an anxiety producing situation. When I see these folks on there, they're not really telling you anything of the and and yet they talk over and over and over again, uh, really, um, we can't be surprised that we're feeling anxious after watching. No some some shows like that news like that well and, and honestly you know we, we were you, you'd mentioned like maybe some coping skills or some tips and i know one of the things that uh 
that I, I talk about and I, I will be the first to admit, I, you know, I, I think I've had anxiety probably ever since I can remember. Uh, and, and, uh, I will say that one of the things that's helpful for me is to, to try to, you know, remove some of those, those major stressors right. that are there, like, like what we're just talking about. Uh, I tell people all the time, social media, media, um, I'm not against those platforms. Obviously it's what we're, you know, we're doing right now, but, uh, but the truth is there's, a, is it helpful? Uh, some, some things I think that, that can be, uh, like, like we're saying, just fear, they play upon fear sometimes. And I'm, and I'm, for me, it's just one of those things of like, man, I know I'm going to be more anxious, you know, after listening to that or reading that or, you know, you fill in the blank, you know, but that's yeah, exactly uh, right. So, yeah, no, that's, that's true. And I think a lot of people, a lot of people do have anxiety and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's, it's a lot of times it's based in experience. People have had experiences, uh, y- you know, if you've had trauma, right. as you said, and a lot of times people don't have trauma. They're just right. always running. We always have to be somewhere. We always have to, I shouldn't say don't have trauma, maybe don't have some, you know, haven't been involved with something. Um, maybe a life-threatening type trauma. Maybe not a life-threatening that. trauma, right. but I'm sure everybody's had trauma. But you get my point in that just the just being in the got to be there by eight, got to be there by six, got to be there. All yep. of that is anxiety producing, not going to yep. make it a lot of that, a lot of that sort of thing. And I, I forgot to say this before, but you can see where the avoidance patterns that folks get into, we talked about that a couple episodes ago, you can see the relationship between watching TV and becoming avoidant. Uh, I oh, could yeah. see where, like you said, you don't watch it. And, and you know, if your avoidance pattern kicks in strong enough, you'll start avoiding other stuff, won't you? That's right. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, cause it, 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 you know, there's kind of a cross, I mean, it crosses a kind of a barrier there, you know, at times. And, you know, you, you think about too, uh, I know we've talked in here just about, you know, generations and culture and all that stuff, how it influences, you know, anxiety. Uh, you know, it's funny because there's a, there's a therapist colleague about, you know, we, you know, we joke about different things, but he, he will say that, uh, he's like, well, everybody's got anxiety <laughs> and he's right. You know, we talked about, I think he is. yeah, I yeah, think, he I think is he's right. right. You know, I mean, I, re- I mean, I don't know that there's a client that I've met and, uh, cause I, I, and I just told you guys, I threw myself out there too, uh, that, that doesn't have a piece of anxiety. And so what is that about? You know, it would be the question. Well, Um, and we're an addictive society, right? We are a black and white, all or nothing addictive society. And that, you know, that's not actually my original thought. The addictive society piece is actually from a a writer priest uh, by the name of Father Richard Rohr, who talked about that being addictive. And we really, that I think is. I think he's right, don't you? I do too. Absolutely. Dude. And yes. so, and yeah. so, some people, you know, if we all have anxiety, some of us are going to seek relief from that in unhealthy ways or in coping ways. What are, What are you using to medicate? That exactly. there's the question. Exactly. You know? And so, yeah, I know that. That's, and of course, you know, you, you guys in the podcast probably know by now that the, you know a lot of what I work with is trauma and addiction, and uh, 
obviously, I mean, the, the, the addictive culture, I think sometimes we don't even realize how addictive we are as a society. Um, yeah. Because we think about it in those terms of always like, you know, more so like sub, you know, alcohol or drugs. And it's like, and there's so much more on the addictive scale that we, you know, I, I know, I know something that I, I tend to harp on a lot here on the podcast probably, but look at our phones, you know, look at stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. How, how good do you do being apart from that for 10 minutes? Right. So, I mean, there's an right. issue guys, as far as what we, what we medicate with and what we use to, so. And, and, you know, Jordan, the thing is, and I, you know, I'm, I'm old and, uh, you know, getting older. <laughs> so one of the things that I know is, and, and you can talk about this from a, from, uh, practical standpoint practicing in your practice standpoint is that you know when we were kids kids probably you know they smoked weed or they drank or smoked cigarettes they sought some kind of addictive behavior like that yep um today it's more like the video games the uh sliding out kind of avoidance that we've talked about the numbing on tv you know the watching I mean, you know, like football games now, you can you can just flip between. I don't remember the NFL. You know, oh you yeah, flip between. You don't even have to watch the plays. You just go to fourth and two or whatever on each game. You know, it's like, right. So we're oh yeah. You're and to your point before, you're not engaged. No, you're just bouncing. Yep. And does that bouncing it's cause well. anxiety? You brought up the the yeah. That's that's kind of where I was thinking too, Chris. Is like we. We talk about the how that our brains were, were our neurons are firing all the time because of all of the the information that we're getting because we have so much information at our fingertips and like you said about the TV you know with football games I mean we have the ability to access anything at the at, at just the click of a button and it's keeping our brains overstimulated all the time mm-hmm. um, and I'm not so sure again that that is a all of those things, you know, they talk about active brain orientation and passive brain. Those are passive brain orientation type activities. Gaming, TV, all that type of stuff is a very passive, passive brain orientation versus in the past, playing outside, going for a walk. Those type of things are very active, you know, reading, you know, what I'm saying those type of things are even more active brain orientation type stuff. So. My point is, I'm not trying to judge or say which ones, you know, but uh, I will say that our brains being stimulated like that all the time. You think about the the, the clinical definitions of anxiety. Okay, okay. Uh, it feeds it is what I'm basically getting at with that. Yes, uh, that makes that that makes the, a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. The overstimulation yeah. of the brain feeds anxiety. So Breathe. then, when when you're you know going back to kind of the social studies teacher language for me just a little bit here jordan bring it down bring it down a notch when i'm sitting there watching bouncing between seven football games and watching fourth and fourth and two on seven different games or i'm watching news and they well now we're going to go to so-and-so and and -and so-and-so is not going to tell us anything and then you go over to another one and that is what you're saying that is feeding that's feeding that what does it rewire the brain it does well yeah absolutely because i mean again i know that you know we're both we're both older and it's like you know we remember the time where man you had like maybe two football games to pick from or one you know yeah. and and that that was the game of the week, of the week you know game of the week yeah. 
you know, and that was your only option. And you had to watch the commercials. And so, yes. And if you, you missed know. it, they were gone forever. It was gone. Know? Right. They were gone. And were cartoons, gone. Were, cartoons were only on Saturday. Saturday. Yeah. Um, you know, and we're, we're not trying to sound like a couple of curmudgeons here, but it, no. it is, we are in a, we are in a place that I, th- getting back to the, what's, you know, this, we set out for the topic of this is my belief is that all of that stimulus is trying to stop the ambiguity. That's what I think. Correct. All of that is just, we're just trying to control and to know and to not know what, uh, not to be surprised. We don't want to be surprised. I think you just nailed the entire, <laughs> we could go home folks. I think I'm that drop, Jordan, I'm going to drop the mic. You should drop the mic right there. <laughs> so well said, Chris. I mean, seriously, that was, that was right to the point, uh, and, and said very well. Yeah. So, you know, I think there's a, it, there's a saying my, my friend Jack always says, it is what it is. <laughs> you know? right. It is what it is. And I, we don't want it to, a lot of times, we don't want it to be what it is. No, that's, we don't. That's the problem. We don't. You know? and, and, we, and I think of myself as a teacher, you know, I'm thinking of these, a lot of these tragedies. If we just watch it, if we just watch enough news, maybe we'll understand well, what are we trying to do there? Eliminate ambiguity. Yep. We want to know. Absolutely. And so anyway. And we think we're, like you said, we think we're getting ahead of the curve by knowing something, even if that knowing something doesn't really impact our life. Right. You know? Exactly. So. Exactly. So some techniques, Jordan, I know there's a, you know, a lot of, a lot of folks take medications for anxiety and, if, and you know, that's, uh, I know a lot of people that get relief. From that, what about you know breathing, deep breathing? What do you what do you exercise? What do you suggest? Exercise, deep breathing are two of the biggest ones, and the one that to me is pretty major right now. That if you're, uh, you know, if you're considering therapy or you're you know considering an alternative, maybe to you, you want to try something maybe before you want to do meds. You know, some people tend to do. Some people you know, have different thoughts on that. Uh, is mindfulness. Uh, I can't say enough about the practice of mindfulness, which incorporates things like deep breathing, guided imagery. Uh, but it's really the whole point of mindfulness is trying to slow down the brain. Yoga. Trying slow, yep. Trying to slow it down to where it's like, you know, again, you can let a thought come in, you can let it pass. It's the idea of, of being able to be very present in the moment. Yeah. Anxiety takes us away, it removes us from presence. You're you're talking about, and there are a lot of authors in this space. Uh, one of the one of the most famous, and I I probably won't pronounce his name correctly because I don't have the spelling in front of me. Thich Nhat Hanh, mm-hmm. um, the Vietnamese uh, Buddhist monk, has written mm-hmm. extensively. The Miracle of Mindness, Mindfulness yep. is one of his books. Yeah, other authors you can think of. Sure. Well, there's one I, can, I, I will point out too, and especially if you are a uh, trauma survivor. I couldn't encourage enough uh, a book by Bessel van der Kolk uh, called "The Body Keeps the Score." Uh, yes. and Bessel will argue it's a very well researched book. Uh, Bessel's a, a top notch researcher in the field, um, and it, one of the things he will talk about in there and points to directly is the practice of mindfulness. I will point out just 
because I've read almost all of that book. I haven't quite finished it yet, but I will say that book, just so as an FYI, if you're, and I know we brought it up on the podcast before, but that book is pretty technical too. So just, it's, it's, it's pretty, I'd use the word cerebral, you know, it's the nerdier of a reader you are, the more you're going to like it. So, but anyway, Jordan, great insights there on mindfulness. That's a that's a good good way to close, I think. And so, hey, hey man, you had the drop the mic moment on this one. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, we um, we appreciate everybody listening again. As Jordan always points out, please pass the podcast along to your friends, family, whomever that you think might be benefit might benefit from it. Like us on social media. Follow us there. If you would go out on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts and write a little review for us. We'd really appreciate that too. And we're thankful that you're taking time to be with us on the podcast. And I will say too, guys, if you, uh, uh, Chris and I are going to be busy in the next little bit, uh, doing some, some speaking engagements. Uh, if you, if you've got somewhere you would, you think would be, uh, be appropriate and good for us to come speak to, to an audience. Uh, uh, hit us up on, on our email uh, or on social media and just let us know. Yeah, we're happy to do that. And of course, that's a private message conversation, but we're happy to do that and, and have done it and we'll be doing more of it. So we appreciate that. And uh, we'll talk to you next time. See you guys. This podcast is made available by Upstart Resilience, LLC, for educational purposes only, as well as to give you general information and a general understanding of the subject matter. This podcast is not designed to give specific professional advice. By using this podcast, you understand that there is no counselor-client relationship nor any other professional relationship between you and the hosts. This podcast should not be used as a substitute for competent professional advice from a licensed professional in your state.